Welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of FYI, I Am Damaged. I'm here with Mayrena, a digital marketing exec. Hi, May. How Hi. you doing? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, um, we're here because this episode is for... Basically, you've been through a very tumultuous relationship. Yes. And, you know, thank you for sharing your time with the podcast. We're here to share your strengths from being in a very abusive relationship. Not tumultuous. It's call it what it is. Yeah. And how you birthed yourself to who you are now. I and like that birth. <laughs> <laughs> and... I know this isn't very easy to come across, and like you said, this is the first time you're talking about it, other than, you know, with close friends and family and what have you, but to put this out into the world. I know it's not that easy. No, it's not. It's the first time I, let's say, publicly speak about it. I think uh, many people know that that relationship ended. Um, Some people don't know the real reasons why Um, but you know I think I've come to a point in life where I can speak about it okay good touch on how you guys came to be and how good it was before things took a turn to not so good so how we came to be (laughs) like many what is it Dominican Yorks uh, my grandmother took me to Dominican Republic. Wait, what's a Dominican York? So Dominicans <laughs> raised in New York. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, my grandmother would always take me to Dominican Republic. So in essence, I'd build a double life. One mm. there, one here. You know, fell in love there, fell in love here. And with this person, it just ended in a marriage. So you you met him in New York? No, I oh, met him in DR. Going back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Okay. And dude was a charmer. Oh, I mean. totally. <laughs> totally. And he just got gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like very detallista, as they say in Spanish, very detailed, mm-hmm. very romantic. First couple of dates, you know, the stars from the sky. <laughs> very charming. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Well, good in the beginning, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, yes, only then. Well, a couple of years after the beginning, but yeah. Mm, okay. Now, w- how long did the courtship last for when he first met you and he pursued you? You guys just stayed in communication, Correct. and he just Correct. Kept going at you to see if he could get with you. Correct, yes. Back then it was MSN Messenger. Yeah. Uh, Gives my age away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, MSN Messenger. And then obviously I would go back to Dominican Republic. We would see each other there. And then um, we ended up getting married a year and so after. A year? Yeah. That was mistake number one or two. Now, but it was that honeymoon period of the beginning of the relationship that 
would basically you just guys threw yourselves at each other so it got to the point where that crescendo was you know let's get married this must be forever type of yeah deal. and you know at that point we thought we were older i was 28 hmm. you know we're not in our early 20s so we think okay i'm close to 30 i'm an adult but still naive I completely agree because I got married in my mid-twenties and I tell people it's the biggest mistake. At least to get married at that age, in like your mid-twenties, no one is ready for it. Regardless of who the person is and they could have sparks flying out their ass. Doesn't matter. Too young, I believe. It does work for some, but I feel in general... No. So, I mean, we have two case in points right here. Yeah. Um, was he pushing for marriage to, like, lock it up? Or is, were you guys at the same level thinking at the same time that it should, you guys should be married? Or um, He wasn't necessarily pushing as much as me because I had the idea and thought that the sooner we get married, the sooner you get to the U.S. and we can be together mm-hmm. full time. Um, so I guess it was more on my end. And he he was aiming to be in the States? Uh, yes and Or he no. just didn't know what he was wanted to be because of mean, the I've, age. Well, well, how old was he compared to you? Same age. Okay. Same age. I mean, I would say yes, every Dominican, and this is not stereotyping, I think. You know, I come from Dominican immigrant parents Mm -hmm. want to get here someday at some point. So I'm pretty sure that may have been one of his intentions. Right. Okay. Otherwise, he was just grinding over there doing what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He has you. You're going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And... When did you start seeing the signs of this well, person? After, after I moved out there because he couldn't make it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked remote. I picked up and went over there because, you know, I thought it was real love at that point in life. And it wasn't until later. Um, he always had a strong character. Um, I wouldn't say extremely problematic or at least didn't show it to me Mm -hmm. Um, but he did have a strong character which in some sense made me feel protected because I was living in another country that though it was mine because my grandmother would take me there and I would go there in summer breaks it wasn't really because I grew up in New York so my culture was more Americanized Hispanic versus straight up Dominican so with his strong character he gave me that sense of security I guess I would say okay I wanted to touch on that because let's say you said strong character and they kind of deemed that as oh you know a person a woman wants a man Mm -hmm. and did he kind of fall into those stereotypical, like, have to be a man role? And then with the Spanish culture, you're, you're not a man if you're not a man, uh, mm-hmm. the way you act and carry yourself. No, and I think that may have been one of the things that attracted me to, the, to that person 
was that he didn't seem that macho Hispanic. He seemed mm. more of what I grew up knowing. Um, you know, we both grow together. We both build a family. And again, that could have just been to convince me mm-hmm. of who he was. Because obviously today I have a different perception right. of that person. Oh, of course. Now, was his charisma convincing enough for you to set aside his behavior towards you once I started developing? If at all, what made you, in your, either in your own head or to other people, to explain it away? So I don't think I ever had to explain it because it took many years before it turned to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so his character would be possibly, you know, uh, driving, um, getting upset at other people mm-hmm. or, you know, what are you looking at? Things like that. So if they weren't towards me, it would be to other people outside in the street. Um, you know, at home we had normal disagreements like normal people. And then it slowly progressed into verbal Mm-hmm. To some sense, some sort. He would just go overboard, like yeah. he would with other people, but now with you. Correct. And you're like, what the fuck? Correct. Why are you yelling at me? Or why are you speaking to me like that? And then would come the insults mm-hmm. and the stupid. And, you know, you're like, okay, but doesn't happen every day. Right. Um, but when he digs into you and degrades you and talks down to you, he'll just go full force. And I say, hey, this is my lady. Yeah. He he didn't have any type of checks within himself that it didn't seem. He would apologize, you know, and I guess that would make things better. But mm. then, you know, three, four months later, I'm really not a problematic person. Mm-hmm. At least not now, later <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. <laughs> like, you know, we were all teenagers in the early 20s, raised in New York City. But, you know, it, it, it really didn't have reasons to fight. But then when those reasons did come up, for whatever reasons, the next time would be worse. Maybe right. harsher names. Um, you know, and then it went from one bad fight a year to two a year to four a year. And then mm. you're like, what the F, yeah. you know, and every time is worse to the point that, you know, later on it was physical. Mm. And then the shame, like who really wants to go out and say this person beat me, but Mm-hmm. I have emotions for this person. Right. Or in my case, you know, I want to help you because I realize you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And then I become that person that it's like, you know, but you can find help. You can go to therapy. You can fix right. it yourself. Let me help you. Right. And then you get involved. And then other people are like, what are you, nuts? Leave him. One thing I've learned is, and people should take note of this, is that, yes, people can change, but they change with other people, mm-hmm. not with the person they used as a punching bag. Correct. So even if he does have the capacity to change, 
him seeing you, it's not going to happen. He's used to a certain way with you. That's yeah. how most abusers are. Maybe they can change, but not with the person that they stood and abused. Yeah. So, I mean, regardless. But before you decided to leave, what kind of mental maneuvering were you doing to avoid this minefield of a person? Um, I did seek therapy. Um, I did got he know that you were doing that? Yes. Okay. Did he have any thoughts on it or? Um, he didn't want to go when, again, in trying to be that helper, I actually started going to therapy to see if he would go to help himself mm. versus um, going for me. And then after going to that first session and then the second one alone, I said, you know what? I'm the one that needs this. Right. And I remember the therapist, I think day one or day two, she was like, if you keep coming to me in six months, he either shapes up or he'll be out the door because mm. you're going to be a transformed woman. And that really got to me. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then that's now since this reached basically all levels of mental, physical and emotional mm -hmm. That this started snowballing into other sort of um, feeling like, say, anxiety. Or like mm -hmm. if you were around other people, you were arguing and that just mm -hmm. made you. So it also other things started developing. Did you notice it? Did, were you introspective of your feelings when these things would occur? Or you just felt it, let it go away, and then you realized it later on? No, because I feel I'm a person that at some point didn't analyze her feelings or dig deep to realize what is happening or mm -hmm. why do I act this way or why do I run out at 1130 and tell my friends I got to go home. I run away. You know, I'm running back home, but right. it's because he might be mad. Depends what time I get back and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to live it. But I think other people noticed. Um, and I just had a flashback. I would come back to the United States to visit my mother. I would come visit my friends. And in one of them trips, I came to New York City. I went out with my friends, mm. RG and the girls. Yeah. <laughs> and my dear friend noticed while we were having dinner. And if she hears this, She'll probably remember it. She better hear. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me and she goes, May, what's wrong? I've been seeing you. I mean, I don't remember the exact words, but she said that she had been observing me and I looked nervous. Mm. And psychologically speak, like at the moment, I was like, no, I'm fine. Why? But now thinking in retrospect, I was nervous because I was out with my friends and that would have caused him to get upset. Right. Because women, I guess, can't hang out with their friends because everything, you oh, know, in these people's minds no yeah, is, no, yeah. No, stupid. Yeah, extreme jealousy, possessiveness, narcissism, you know, mm. you name it. It's You're walking on eggshells constantly. Now, not to... Depending on how you feel about it, not a lot of people would like to classify themselves as a victim. 
but I don't. And and that's okay. But I'm a survivor. A, a person that survived what you've been through, which many have. What sort of I would say negative mantras you would give yourself to kind of excuse this away i think that that women would have to start breaking from themselves hearing this saying i shouldn't be telling myself this because that's the wrong thing it's keeping me here have you realized the stuff on the stuff that you've done and said to yourself that kept you there to try and flip it to a positive yeah and it all came afterwards it's in learning to love myself first mm -hmm. learning to love my peace learning to be a little egotistical <laughs> <laughs> and it's also to know my worth and mm -hmm. what i am worth and i think one thing that and maybe you know let's blame disney sorry don't sue me <laughs> But, you know, we as little girls mm -hmm. want to be princesses with the prince charming and that fairy tale, you know, perfect family life. Right. And we always want to be with somebody. Mm. And I think when you learn to be by yourself, not alone, I was never alone. I have friends, I have family, I have my daughter. Right. But when you can be alone single and be happy i think that's when you know that mm -hmm. you won't put up with no one's bs but the <laughs> so there wasn't anything you were telling yourself that is counterproductive to get you out of there that basically kept you there was was there anything like that whether you're saying, just, no, I'm, I'm, I, I could be a better person so he could be a better person, you know, shit like that, that people shouldn't be saying to themselves. Have you have you caught yourself in something like that? I'm, no, no, I think I just at that moment caught myself <coughs> in one, trying to help him and two, shame, mm. shame and possibly, you know, people who before we got married said don't get married you don't know this person i didn't i didn't know him from a hole in a wall they said it because they knew him or just I saying that you don't know his him. demeanor or i mean back then also depends how a person dressed etc right. um you know maybe rumors from people in the barrio or whatever mm. but I was like, that's not the person I'm seeing. That's not what I'm living. And, right. you know, people deserve a chance to change. And mm -hmm. this whole second chance and people grow. Right. So I was like, okay, that could have been him when he was 15, but we're 28. So. Right. And then I guess just that, more shame of. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think it was the I told you so. I just don't like people feeling pity or shame of me. So. No, nobody likes that. Yeah. And you, you touched on our pre-interview about he would like to, I guess in a sense, show out and be a person of the community and mm -hmm. give and show 
a lighter side to himself while behind the scenes mm -hmm. he was acting like this monster mm -hmm. and was that something that kind of said oh well but the way he's acting towards me he has this side of him you saw that as a kind of like a glimmer of hope or no or what what that part of him front facing to the community how did that affect you with staying with him even though you knew how he was behind closed doors well it's just similar likes that we had um, mm -hmm. you know my grandmother came from a campo Mm -hmm. Big ups to anyone from San Jose de las Matas. Oh, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've always given back, you know, my mm -hmm. clothes. I'm a shopaholic, oh Lord. <laughs> I'm always donating it, um, you know, in Florida where I live. I put it out and they come and pick clothes up. And if my heart tells me, I'll donate to a cause. So, you know, we had similar likes and I was right. like, this is me. We had a lot of similar likes, and I think it was more the similar likes that kept us together longer right. than we stood together. Okay. And that kind of helped ease... Did it... Well, not. I'm not saying that it did, but did it help ease how he was when he would get into those mood swings, so to speak? So, but remember, like mm -hmm. I said, they wouldn't happen often, at least not at the beginning. Like right. the first six years we were together... Right. I wouldn't call them completely normal. I mean, I don't think anyone has a perfect relationship and, you know, we all have our good days and bad days, but it wasn't like the last three. Mm -hmm. The last three were when things intensified and right. became more often and more frequent. And by year two, it was the begging and the pleading and we would, we can work it out. And mm. he converted and started going to church. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. No. And of course, you know, religion slaps the Bible in your face, and la mujer edifica su casa, which means, you know, the woman is the foundation. Mm -hmm. So you keep trying and you keep working in your marriage. I think it's also a cultural thing. Right. But then in those kind of instances, the the work only comes from one side Correct. so with that imbalance once you realize this is never going to work Correct. now what if any were his explanations to his behavior did it take the root of blaming the victim for making him oh, of course you know the way he was at the time well, of course his brain this man had you know i don't want to go too many into stories but one day Oh, no, he had please the audacity share, share. to make up a lie. Mm. He was proved wrong, mm. but he proceeded to insist that it was true because his brain said that it was true, despite the evidences being in front of his face. Really? And, you know, times like that, that's when I said, okay, this person really has a psychological problem. He mm. needs help. Well, you, you already going to therapy so you know it was oh. before before okay. then gotcha. before starting therapy therapy mm -hmm. was the last five months mm -hmm. yeah okay did you guys do it intensely or no, i went by was... myself he never mm -hmm. went oh it got to the point that he messaged the therapist and told her not to see me anymore that she was ruining 
his life. Mm-hmm. Because he was seeing that I was waking up. Right. So him telling himself that it's ruined. Yeah. This, yeah, uh, no, those stories. It's a psychotic well, person. It's yeah. a psychotic person. Yeah, sociopath. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, were there... You said there were people warning you in the beginning. But once they saw you with him, now you're married, were they... St- were they still warning you or no. they just start dropping off? They just backed off like, hey. No. They uh, would hang out yeah. with him. They would visit us. I mean, I didn't have many family members in DR, but no. My family would visit me. They would come around. They would entertain him. Because like I said, at certain times, he went above and beyond with being nice and serviceable. Did he ever admit that he does that just to put himself in a good light? I mean, he knows he is who he is but people want to you know shine a good light on themselves to other people because they have to no. you know this person has never admitted <laughs> to anything still still you have a very close knit group of friends my wife being one of them yes no when Love you <laughs> All of you. <laughs> when they found out, did you push them away because no. they wouldn't understand because you were in this abusive state of mind or were you receptive to them and them jumping to help you? They were my saviors. Really? Tell, they tell opened us my eyes. I think they finished opening my eyes. Mm. So we're a group of five friends. Um, Five totally different humans with different likes, but we blend well. Shout them out. Shout them out. RG, <laughs> Naughties, Evelyn, Jackie. Love you, girls. Um, sorry. <laughs> so um, this individual had already started texting people nasty things, and he texted them our group chat. A nasty message, but of course it would happen when I wasn't around and it would be deleted before I would even see my phone. Hmm. But the girls knew where it came from. And oh, he would text from, he would grab your phone and yeah, text them. Yeah. He didn't have that number and did it himself. No, but he would say it was from him. Hmm. You know, nastiness that I never saw with my eyes, but I knew they went out. And I... Got a message one day from Noris that said, we want to speak to you. And I had already felt that he had distanced me from friends in Dominican Republic that I had had. He ended some of those friendships because either we were going out too much. And by out, I mean to eat ice cream with our kids. Daytime. Yeah. And, you know, I told her, yes, when I would be available for this call. And they all called me. Um, and one of the girls, Jackie, she never speaks, really. She's always very quiet, very mellow. You know her. Very reserved, yes. Very reserved. And that day, none of the other girls spoke but Jackie. Mm. And in a stern voice, and she said, Look, May, we're on the phone to tell you that this is not love. And then proceeded to tell me how they felt, how they all felt. And I ended that conversation and... Sorry, I'm (laughs) over. I knew this would happen. (laughs) 
and I was standing in front of that mall and I said, I've lost friends, but this group of friends, mm -hmm. I can't lose. Mm -hmm. And that day I looked at my daughter and I said, don't worry, we're leaving soon. Mm -hmm. okay. And I was starting, that's when I started to kind of prepare an exit plan. Right. Because I had heard of an exit plan. Mm -hmm. okay. that's, that was leading into my next question. So this, this would have been the moment because it wasn't a person. It was this moment of many people, your mm -hmm. friends, your close friends mm -hmm. for decades. Oh, yeah. Um, that they just rung your mental bell and they were able to help champion you to get the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the beginnings of this exit plan and oh, I, telling yourself, and I know you must have had a lot of mental pep talks with yourself. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. I would look at myself in the mirror and I would say, you have to be brave, but I didn't get to execute the exit plan completely because I actually ended up leaving in a matter of two days. Mm. Because from of, that call? No, from oh. the final incident that caused me to run and run away. And this was, now at this point, was it already physical or this is the beginning of the physical? I mean, where, where did the physical abuse start happening it was or, the physical had happened twice before this part. How, how, how do you reconcile that in your head to try and understand what he did when others would just say, hold on, you just put your hands on me. This is a wrap. Now, what goes through a person's mind? I don't know. I'm not an abuser, and I've never done that to a woman, so I wouldn't know how that dynamic works God and then you. a woman in that position dealing with a man doing that to her what's going through your head well you get blamed you get blamed they find a way to turn the situation around and at the end make you apologize for something you know you didn't do but mm -hmm. You get convinced that you did or you should have said this or you should have done that or if you would have told me this way or if you would have dressed that way or, you know. That you made me do this Correct. type of explanation. Correct. And I'm sorry and I do this because I love you. Wow. The most insane reason to justify it. Yeah. Now, when this all started to morph into something bad, how did you strengthen yourself for your daughter's sake? I had to. I couldn't show her any sign of weakness. I had to be strong enough to show her that in life she could be strong enough. And that's the reason why I also ran and left because that final situation happened in front of her mm -hmm. the other times. Right. You know, it wasn't then extensive, you know, it was the words and the throwing of things, but those final moments and that final month, it was like in front of her. And I said, I can't show her that this is acceptable. Right. She needs to give herself her worth and her value. And I guess, you know, in that I 
sought to end generational curses because mm. I come from an abusive home. Or, right. You know, not not let me not say that because it was with my biological father as a kid toddler. Mm -hmm. um, I had a really good teenage life after my mom married my my dad, my right. stepfather. May mm -hmm. he rest in peace, and my father as well. But there, I saw a stable home, and I knew I couldn't have that because I saw my mom have it in life. Right after, after going through that. Yeah. After going through that. Okay. Okay. Now, I can say your name, right? Your daughter. Is that okay? Yeah. So with Maylise, was she able to offer some, even though she was young, some support to you as some kids sometimes do for their parents? Or she was just helping you deal with it non like what would she do, if anything? She would tell me everything was gonna be okay. She would hug me, she would kiss me. <laughs> She gave me a lot of strength. She gave me a lot of strength. She's but a then, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, I'm a person that always shows strength in front of the public and mm -hmm. crumbles in the bathtub. Mm, yeah. So sometimes she wouldn't see me crying or wouldn't see me break down. But mm. whenever she did, she would just come and hug me and say, Mom, we're going to be okay. Oh, you got a special kid there. I love her so much. <laughs> I love you, Maylis. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> now, leaving to many is a no-brainer. And it seems like to you it was. But was there any hesitation? I mean, like I said, I was forced to leave. I... So explain, since there wasn't any hesitation, like explain what happened that... Yeah. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> And I guess this is the moment that's the hardest to share, but mm -hmm. I had a weapon pulled out on me. Mm. And in a moment that this person turned around, my daughter saw that break and said, Mommy, run, run fast. Mm. And I have a turtle speed daughter and she was running way ahead of me, wow. way ahead of me. And she just kept turning around and saying, Mommy, run faster, faster, faster. Mm. And we made it to a local colmado, a bodega, deli. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, something in me said, don't go through the front, go through the back. And I told the guy to please hide me and that I had an emergency. And I was in pajamas, mm. short pajamas. <laughs> Well, it's hot in DR. <laughs> um, it was Christmas Eve day, so mm. December 24th. And thank God this man gave me money, called me a cab, and then I headed to my uncle's house and then proceeded to go to the courthouse. Mm. Okay. What were the ways you shored yourself up to keep yourself away from him? And did you have the resources or were you like many at the time with, without 
resources, which makes it harder. Now, you said that the dude had to give you money. This All this happened. You weren't able to execute your exit plan. So, in a sense, you were with either no or minor resources. Yeah, thank God that day my father, my biological father, had landed in Dominican Republic that same evening, afternoon, and he went to procure me from the courthouse and kept me with him. Obviously, it was Christmas, so I had to fake it and wear a nice dress and go out with my dad in front of my family and celebrate Christmas and... Yeah. Or were people able to just see the writing on the wall yeah. or on your face? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did they it. ignore it or were people No, approach- I have to say thankful. I'm very, very grateful to the family I have, um, my friends, my mom's family, my father's family, my aunts, my family. They helped me. Um, and I felt protected. I felt protected Good. by all of them. But... I was lucky. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of women that don't have resources, that they're left completely abandoned because everyone turned their back on them. Because people see you in a relationship and they say, I don't want to deal with it or I don't want to see her suffering. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. And there's a lot of women out there that are really left alone. And maybe because of that, don't leave. And this is a good lesson for those going through it and those seeing others going through it don't ignore it it's always going to come to a crescendo and stuff is going to happen and hopefully not the way we hear in the news that it does don't ignore those that aren't ready to leave yet but they still need the help yeah it takes a lot i mean you're talking about love you know, people that go into a marriage in love are believing they're in love. And, you know, I don't talk ill about anyone. I have a heart that for some reason I can't hate anyone. I don't want you near me. Like, I don't even right. want to see you, but right. I don't hate you. And, you know, these people, and I say these people because to me he's a psychotic person. I swear that person needs a psychiatric unit. Right. I'm pretty sure they believe that that is love. You know, it's shameful, but in their mind, it's like a possessive love, and they believe it. They think it's fine. And it's not. No. What are the constant lessons to your child that? To show her and cement within her that this life isn't it and to either avoid the situation which women find themselves in often to many times, you know, leave ASAP no matter the short term pain. I've spoken a lot with her and I think the learning comes from her seeing my healing process and my current life Mm. and my current relationship. Mm -hmm. Um... And, you know, I tell her to look for the red flags. You can't tell anyone not to fall in love. I can't control that. Of course. But I do tell her to look for the signs. But most importantly, become friends first. Right. Like I told you, I didn't know this person from a hole in the wall. Mm. 
If I would have known his history, if I would have known that person, I probably wouldn't have dated him. Mm. So I do believe in that friendship stage. We need to know each other before you proceed to that next step. And this history, did it start, you may have touched on it, but did it start coming out after you guys got together or after you left him and then all of a sudden you were hearing all these things like, oh. So little bits came while we were together obviously from previous relationships he had and stories that came about afterwards. And of course, he had an explanation for everything. But a lot came afterwards, including possible drug abuse, drug use. Right. Um, I never saw that specific drug with my eyes. I Mm -hmm. mean, marijuana, Mary Jane, Mm -hmm. not a factor anymore, but what was mentioned, my eyes never saw it, never found it. I mean, I was the head of household. I was cleaning and doing laundry. I would have bumped into something. Mm -hmm. But then the stories came afterwards and a lot of it clicked. Mm -hmm. Because I said, well, it makes sense. I mean, he would literally transform himself to someone else. They were talking about like cocaine, coke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he would show the characteristics of somebody using this, but you never... Oh, I never knew what were the characteristics on someone on Mm. that drug, Mm, you know? Like I said, my mother's situation with my biological (laughs) father, I think that ended when I was three, maybe? Right. So I wouldn't remember any characteristics then. Um... And then I just, I was never exposed to that in life or my circle of friends. Right. Okay. Okay. What were the mechanisms you've encountered to put you on the road to trust men again after you left him? What, when you started saying, hey, you know, I'm ready for something, but I'm not going to approach this in a different way. What were those mechanisms? I've never said I was ready. (laughs) It just happened. Well, okay. But I knew that not all men are the same. Not all people are the same. You know, I use the example of my dad, my my stepfather. To me, he was an amazing man. Hmm. I mean, I know he wasn't perfect, but he was an amazing husband. Called my mom baby until the day he passed, Hmm. you know? was always there for her. She was his world. Right. And I knew that I can have that. Um, I would see co-workers or um, other family members that have stable marriages. You know, I would look at my friends' marriages, you guys as an example, and I would say, you know, there are good men out there. I just said that I knew down the line I would, possibly have a relationship just because i'm still young Mm -hmm. um you know 40s is the new 20s (laughs) yeah keep believing that (laughs) my bones might not agree (laughs) my knees sure don't (laughs) no i don't got megan knees i mean i try sometimes but then i can't get up we'll save the twerking stories for another episode (laughs) but um I would always say, you know, I want a healthy relationship. And funny you ask, because I had a friend one day say, 
um, write your intentions. Mm. And it has the date. It's in a notebook. 2018, which was two years or a year and a half after I came back. Um, and I wrote my perfect guy. Mm. I wrote everything. I, you know, family guy, or a whole bunch of bullets. Um, and it's funny because with my, my fiance, I checked them off. And he, like, checked majority of them, except for one. <laughs> Uh-oh, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's great, because that rolled into my next question, because a lot of women coming out of this would hope they meet uh, a good man, a perfect man, or an okay man. And it shows that either put it out there put it down and cement what you really want in a person to come in your life and you know what you can accept tolerate and this is a deal breaker mm -hmm. and you've had those you yeah. created that yep. or you just created the list of what you would want in a man oh no but i had specifics he had to dance. break it down break it down oh, okay <laughs> Oh, God. He had to dance. He had to be a family guy, a mama's boy. Um, I, I was so specific. I said Hispanic born in the U.S. or <laughs> American that is culturalized. Uh, because I, it, I mean, Jerry has sazon, so I has to have that sazon. <laughs> I would say the dance part, just put that in the maybe pile. Because for me, it's <laughs> definite maybe. But I, I get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad he hit most of those licks. But you know, with that format, is that something that you definitely would tell somebody to do coming out of this to just give you a clear head or have you also done other things that yeah now that obviously came afterwards you know almost two years later and you know my friends kept pushing me go online dating i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and um but at first it, it took a lot it took a lot obviously there was a process there was a divorce there was a legal process um in addition to the divorce because of harassment and things this person just kept doing and obviously having to deal with that from afar and you know have a lawyer represent you it's it's not the same um, there's a lot of things that you know your hands are tied and then you know you come back completely broken i was yeah i was breathing i was using my brain i was thinking i was working mm -hmm. lots of work so i can keep myself distracted but i was soulless i just didn't feel didn't care didn't i mean i didn't become evil i didn't wish evil on anyone or right. you know i didn't see let's say happy couples and i would feel hate no I'm always one that applauds everyone, but I was just heartless. Mm. Or not necessarily heartless, but completely torn. And just drifting? Or... I was just alive. I was mm. surviving. Um, 
you know, it's it's hard to go from nine years and all of a sudden you're left with nothing, absolutely nothing. All your hard work, mm -hmm. everything you put in, including your emotions. Right. We're just taken and gutted out mm -hmm. of you. Um, I came back to lock myself in a bedroom because obviously I came back to my mother's house where mm. I have my bedroom. Luckily, my daughter had her own bedroom and I would just cry, mm. cry, talk to friends. I had friends that would call me. And then I relied a lot on spiritual music, Lily Goodman, mm. um, Jesus Adrian Romero. I relied a lot on music because I never lost my faith in God, despite being completely torn and wondering what the heck is this and who would even do this to someone. Right. And why you... Correct, because I'm, I, I consider myself a good human. Mm -hmm. I'm a really good person. Do I have my bad days? Of course we all do. Do I have my character? We do. I'm, I, I'm an alpha female, um, right. you know, which can be intimidating to some narcissist alpha males. Mm -hmm. so possibly also an additional reason for their craziness. Did but, he, has he ever... That's a good a point. Has he ever... So you're thinking that in some instances, the way he was acting, it could have been because he didn't feel he was in control of I you completely? So. I believe so. Yeah. You never verbalized that? Well, he started calling me hombrecito, which is little man. <laughs> so he would call me little man because, you know, I would defend myself and I would mm. stand up for myself and... No, I'm not going to do that. I have my own brain, right? my own likes, my own tastes. If I don't mm. want to do that, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's a challenge to men that need to feel they're in control, which comes that macho, mm -hmm. you know, in them that he did not exhibit when we first started. Right. It was more, you know, independency and women and, you know. He yeah. was all in favor of, you know, individualism. It just, and it baffles me because it's one thing I couldn't shake from a long time ago when RJ and I had um, our first child. And I forget where we were. I think it was at a party. And you know me, I'm involved. And when I was, with, when he was younger, I'm there, I'm taking care of him, doing this, doing that and everything. And then, you know, we, we got home, we were alone, and she, I forgot how it came up, but someone asked her, and I think it was a cousin or something, or a family member, and they were like, wait, he takes care of the baby? He's at the party, you know, he's not just sitting with people drinking this and that, he's letting you do your thing, he's taking care of the baby, he's feeding them, doing this, doing that, and they, I, I, the way she made it seem, they were looking at me like I had two heads. Yeah. And to me, it was, I said, I'm, I'm his father. I, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, no, that's not normal Dominican culture. And 
it, I don't know, it just baffled me. I mean, and again, I, like, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm from the same, you know, culture. We're basically side by side. But no, but you're New York raised. There yes. comes me putting in my intentions. Yeah. A Hispanic raised in the United States. We're different. We're raised differently because we have... And that encounter showed me that, yeah. Yeah, because of our schooling, you know, even possibly our parents. My mother came to the United States. She was 12 years old. So mm -hmm. my mother is more on your Americanized side. And we're taught that. We're taught family. We're taught help. We're taught balance. You know, that's the American culture, especially mm -hmm. nowadays where everyone works. Yeah. We need to all help each other. Yep. But that's not taught back home, whether Dominican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, Mexican. No, we're not taught yeah. that. It's damn near a caste system where women do this, men do this, Correct. and children, you know, seen but not heard, and mm -hmm. all this old crazy shit. And well, what we perceive as crazy now. And God forbid, as the woman, you talk back, especially mm. in front of people. Yeah. So when you get home, it's... And it's customary and normal for a man to beat a woman and everyone look the other way. And Unfortunately. To ask, yeah, and to ask, what did the woman do? I've gotten asked that. Mm. And it, I'm like, really? What did I do to get almost my life taken away? In front of your child? Are you serious to ask me what did I do? Yeah. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. I didn't do darn jack. It's it's amazing that that way did that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Now, so you're, you know, you're home. You're not even once you're on the way of getting yourself back to some sort of normalcy, mm -hmm. and even giving someone the time of day mm -hmm. how did some men deal with this new you <laughs> i wasn't or, paying attention to men <laughs> but unless, if, if someone came along and oh, you gave them a chance no. or if they they just nicely said hey what's up no, no thank you cold shoulder yep completely <laughs> ignored dms um and it's funny because you know you're single and people that know this person then start hitting on you and you're like, wait, what? Like, Dude, I know you're married. I actually told one guy, like, oh, are you bringing different. your wife? <laughs> he invited me out for a beer and I was like, so are you bringing your wife with you? And obviously he didn't write back, but no, I, I was not entertaining anyone at all. I wanted to find myself. I wanted to heal. I also knew that, and you know, this abusive relationship was not my first. It was actually my second. Mm. Um, the first one was, okay, I'm sorry, Dominican guys. I don't want to dog you. I know there's a lot of good ones out <laughs> he just, there. He just happens to be Dominican. <laughs> he just also happened to be Dominican. That one was in New York City. It was not someone from there and, you know, a womanizer. But I just didn't want another relationship. 
I had been many years that I had not been single. Mm-hmm. Like, jumped from one relationship to another without giving myself a break. And I said, I'm taking a break to revive myself. Right. I'm coming back to life. And I'm bringing back old May. Mm-hmm. The May when I was 19, 20. The one that had that mindset that ain't nobody messing with me and I know who I am and I know where I'm going. And that needed time, especially when you're broken the way that I was broken. And it took me about three years, almost three years. Um, So no, I didn't pay attention to anyone. I didn't look at anyone, I didn't entertain. You would smile at me, I would look the other way. No. I just, I didn't want it, and Jerry could attest to that. <laughs> now, when, what, what were the beginnings, and what were the things that you would latch on to? You said, you know, religion, certain um, music, but when you're in bed staring at the ceiling, you have your daughter on your mind, and the things that would strengthen you the things that would reassure you the things that you tell yourself you know what were those things you gotta keep living mamita you gotta keep going you can't crumble you gotta keep going you know this is life and we make of life what we want to make and that gave me the strength Um, You know, just keep moving because you have to live. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't stay sleeping in a bed. I wanted to get out of my mother's house. It's not easy as an adult to go to live back with your parents. Yeah. You know, what did you buy? What's in the bag? Where are you going? Why are you going out so much? Didn't you go out yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? It's ideal. (laughs) You're like, wait, I'm almost 40. What is wrong with you? But... Yeah, I wanted my own place. I wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very independent. And I just pushed myself forward. And I just want to highlight something about religion. Um, yes, I was listening to a lot of spiritual music. Mm-hmm. But after my experience, I've actually become non-religious. More spiritual. I believe in energies. I believe in you set your life. You're responsible of the life you're living. Number one, by what you have inside. Right. Your intentions, Mm -hmm. your thoughts, your words. You get back what you're giving out. Right. And, you know, as I said, I started manifesting. I manifested Jerry and... You know, I started doing inspiration boards and seeing where I'm going. You know, thanks to your wife, RG. She would also forward me materials to read and, you know, to better understand. And my reasons for shying away from religion, it's not necessarily I'm going to sit here and say, you know, it's all about money. It's a business. I see it as a business. But I don't feel that they teach you what they need to teach you with you as an individual in mind there's an agenda so basically their their message wasn't in line with where you were at 
Uh, no, because it's, you know, what kind of message is that to tell a woman who you can clearly see is in an abusive relationship and you need to work on your marriage? Mm -hmm. No, you need to work on yourself. Yeah. And that's not, and I'm not going to say they should have taught me that, but I just started seeing religion in a different way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now with, with Jerry, um, how was he able to capture your heart enough to put a ring on it? <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry and I actually went to middle school together mm. and I knew Jerry from middle school, never, you know, saw him again in life and I come back. I, don't know anything about cars and I reach out to Jerry to ask him a question because we were friends on social media obviously as previous classmates our classmates had all found each other we're commenting on each other's posts and stuff like that and you know it was never awkward in a sense where I thought he would have any feelings towards me so I reach out for car advice it ends there Obviously, it started back an old friendship. Right. Um, two years later pass, I go through midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and I decide that I want to learn how to drive a motorcycle. Mm. So obviously, I get my motorcycle endorsement. And I need someone to like fill me in on what's the best starter bike. So I reach out back out to Jerry. Mm. And from there, you know, it just started talking again and obviously you know he would throw his little compliments and again I would turn the other way I would ignore it and we're just strictly talking like yeah. two normal people he just keeps on and keeps on he, but he wasn't aggressive though right he really took the okay you're gonna friend zone me then we're gonna be friends mm. and we became good friends because I guess I didn't feel that pressure. Right. From like other guys, like, when are we going to go out? Or when are we going to like see each other? And yeah. like, let's go for a beer. Bring your wife. <laughs> 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 um, so we became just friends. And it was actually a conversation about spirituality mm. that piqued like that interest. Because right. then I started telling him my views in life, my views about religion, spiritualism, just life in general based on my experiences. And he shared the same thoughts and mm. concepts based on his experiences and his life and his research into different religions and stuff. And mm. after that conversation, forget it. You know, fast forward to a couple of months later, I had wrote my intentions, like I told you, the year before. It had mm -hmm. been like a year and something that I had written the intentions. Right. And, and as the manifestation. The manifestation of the man that would fit the mm -hmm. description of what I would allow in my life. Right. You know? And I had shared that list with like my family because they kept pushing me to do online dating and my mother was like, you need to get out because you're not going to meet anyone in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was like, mom, leave me alone. It'll happen organically. I believe that love happens organically. Well, we, what did your friends think about this? Did um, you share with them? 
They wanted me to open up a Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Not feet first, face first. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, just go all in. Dating apps, no. Mm. So, you know, I, I said it'll happen organically. But I asked God for a sign. Mm. I said, when it happens, I want to feel it. Mm. Like in my gut, I want to <laughs> feel it. And obviously, I haven't shared this, but in eighth grade, I did have a crush on Jerry. Mm. <laughs> so I couldn't believe that my eighth grade crush was crushing on me. Mm. You would never guess, you know, your crush crushes on you. And he didn't know no. what you've been through. He had, well, he knew as we shared, as we were friends, but not in full details. Right. He knew I had been in an abusive relationship. Mm. I tried not to recount too many stories because if I go into specifics, it would piss off like right. a lot of people. And I'm not trying to put anger in his heart, Right. you know, towards... You know, it's a man that's falling in love with you and thinks someone did these things to you. It's like, I don't want to share that. So he knew you, and and this is important for the guys listening to this, dealing with someone who's been through that type of relationship. Mm -hmm. They need to take care of how they handle that person. Yes, yes. And I would say that in in my mind, I felt ready and 100% healed. But then later on, from feedback from Jerry, I knew that I wasn't. And in the sense that, you know, one time he told me, babe, every time I go to like pass you something, like you flick, Mm. you know, like you push back or, but it's, he says, I don't think you're conscious about it. Right. So. You know, it it does take a little bit of patience, but I also want to urge the women that go through this, give yourself time. Right. Give yourself time to heal. And the men. And the men too. And the men too. Yes. Yes. Because it's uh, abuse goes both ways. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, um, back to Jerry's story. (laughs) (laughs) So... I was sitting in my bed and I was back at mom's house. My room and my brother's room was next to each other. And my brother's walking out of his room. And I know for you listening, you can't see me, but I was like looking at my phone and rocking back and forth. And then with one hand, like fanning myself. And my brother goes, What the heck is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm having tachycardia. He goes, do you even know what that is? I was like, yes. It's when your heart goes. This beats Jerry all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was beating really hard. And then my brother goes, well, didn't you tell God to let you feel it? There it goes. Are you going to let it escape? Smart. And I looked at him and I was like, and I looked back down and I kept rocking and fanning myself and then I messaged I waited for Jerry to like compliment me again because it would be like very minimal like he would reply in a story like smile you have a beautiful smile it would be things like that like very Mm. subtle like I I said he wasn't aggressive and I waited for him to compliment me again which later on he told me he was almost losing hope Uh, (laughs) 
and I said, you know, you've complimented me a couple of times. It's only fair that I compliment you back. You're not bad looking yourself. And fast forward to today, I just prepped all the wedding invitations and I'm sending them out. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and yeah, and it's been three years. Uh, yeah, it's been an amazing three years for you guys. Yeah. I can personally attest Jerry's an amazing man. And yeah. knowing what you've been through, it's great to see you guys as happy as you are and you know you guys are doing it and we're not perfect no we're one not is. perfect no one is we all have our good days our bad days but it's how you deal with those days and as a couple you know becoming each other's friends right it's yeah. a friendship it's a friendship exactly and you know communication is very important and every relationship needs to work on it yeah. mine's included everybody yeah. else and it's it's a, a cornerstone to if you guys don't realize this and some women it is a huge cornerstone to the relationship and it should always constantly be worked on communication and respect yeah respect um and i don't think a balance i think i mean man I've, I've evolved. I've mm. evolved. As a teenager, I was that toxic, jealous girlfriend that mm. was, oh my God, if I could go back and talk to that girl. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's knowing when to stay low mm -hmm. and when to go high. Like, you know, we have yeah. our days, we could get upset, but... It's a matter of not both getting upset at the same time. You know, Very if true. you see someone upset, don't push them. Yeah. Why are you pushing the limits? Right. You know, leave them alone. Let them be. And obviously communication. Telling right. someone what you feel. But the most important part of communication, I would say, is listening. We don't listen. True. So you have yes. to listen. You have to listen. Especially if you're the, if someone is the talker type, they need to listen. Not someone me. who is not the talker, as me, they need to start talking. Yes. If they listen too much. And the one thing that I would like to get across to people is, as well, that first reaction may be not the best reaction to any type of situation mm -hmm. case in point something happens and what you would say or how would you react if you're able to basically put a pause on it and just work it out in your head mm -hmm. you would know that okay it may have been your initial reaction it may have you may verbalize something that is completely out of bounds because it is your immediate reaction to a situation mm -hmm. it might not be the best reaction mm -hmm. to it so i've learned to do that a lot and just stop okay work that reaction in my head yeah that's how i react but it's wrong how would the the sane part of you would react in that situation 
and then the right response would come out and that that has been a lifesaver in many occasions doesn't happen all the time no and we always need to work on ourselves right you know we learn techniques you know living the now mm-hmm. analyzing your emotions in the present mindfulness mindfulness mm-hmm. you know i've read a lot of books going through my healing process and journey mm-hmm. the power of now is a book that i would highly recommend to everyone it teaches you how to live in the now and how to let things go and that's what I've learned a lot, how to process things, let them go. And I still work on myself every day. You know, mm-hmm. I'm stubborn, I'm hard-headed. I was an only child for almost 12 years, so I have a little bit of being spoiled in me. <laughs> so, but I think when you know yourself enough, right? or we never know ourselves completely because we're always growing, evolving, but if you know yourself, it's easier to shift things and to catch things as you either think them or act them. Right. And not getting yourselves in certain situations that can lead to this type of living or, God forbid, something fatally happening. It's Even though some people who do go through situations, regardless of how mindful they can be, maybe this is a learning experience Mm -hmm. that the powers that be put them in because mm-hmm. they need to learn something yes. from this yes but yes. to keep your mind open to what is the lesson regardless of how shitty the situation is yes yes and whatever this is that we call life we don't know yeah. you know religions tell us one thing science tells us another mm-hmm. the news tells us something else and then you have your conspiracy theories that mm. believe in something else And but at the end of the day we don't know what this is we all have our beliefs mm. I believe this is actual hell mm. and we need to live through it find ourselves learn ourselves to be able to evolve to somewhere else mm. that's my opinion Right. You know, that's how I see it. So in knowing that this is possibly hell and it's based on the Bible, you know, <laughs> God sent Lucifer to be king of what? Mm-hmm. Earth. So don't need to be a rocket scientist. <laughs> so in knowing that, I know that things are going to get thrown at me. Right. It can't possibly be perfect. It's hell. Right. That's how I see it. And I say, throw at me whatever you want because you know what? I'm making it to that holy land. <laughs> so we'll we'll call Jerry a hell of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> now, um, any final words or thoughts for our listeners? Thank you to you for giving me a voice. Um, And I just want to talk to anyone that's going through this at the moment. If you're listening, it's going to be okay. Um, Rely on your support system, whatever it is, as tiny as it is. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You are the captain and the leader of your life no one else 
and there's always I'm not gonna say bigger better more grandacious because life is life and we have to live it but it could be a lot nicer than what you're currently living and for those that are seeing people, and you touched on this a little bit, have patience, but keep an eye. Because that person will need support when they're ready. You can't push them. They won't hear you. But if they know they have the support once they're ready to do it, don't make them feel like they have to live this because they don't have anyone to help them out of it. Wise words. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, thank you very much for listening. This is FYI, I am no damaged. Damage. FYI, I am damaged. <laughs> Take care, everybody.